Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy, and I'm here with my first cup of coffee. It's delicious. It's delicious, Kathy. Katie. I think that's not even a secret. She's one of the few people that I actually call her by her real name instead of her author name. But it's because I know her husband, too, and we see each other frequently. I mean, I guess I know Grace's husband, too. But I don't know. I don't ever hear Grace's husband call her by her actual name. I don't know what he calls her. Hey, you. Something like that. Isn't that funny, though? Okay. Uh, let's see. Today's Tuesday. You know what that means. We're going to have a special guest. Mickey Mouse Club lives forever. We are not having a special guest. You get me. And it's there's a cold wind blowing. A cold wind blowing. That's not really a song, is it? Uh, so I'm inside. Inside. Jennifer Eastep would be proud. And it is uh, April 20th. Very good. So let's see. I actually have things to talk about today. I have a number of things. Um, but let's do earrings first, lest I get swept up. So today's earrings are these kind of unusually shaped. I, I really feel like I need to know my um, shapes better. I, I liked geometry, but I don't remember like all these shapes. Anyway, so these are the silver earrings with this neat kind of, um, oh, kind of a chaste design, spirals and stuff, nothing in particular, set with a turquoise stone. And they're narrow at the top and flare into the bottom. It's kind of like an axe blade, like a with the curve at the bottom, like an executioner's blade, <laughs> only pretty. Um, and these are earrings that David gave to me. These are actually the very first earrings he ever gave to me. I don't remember exactly when, except that it was early on in our courtship. And I was very pleased because, um, you know what? Finding someone who loves you enough to give you jewelry. I, I know that there are some people who don't like getting jewelry. I, I had one friend who would beg her husband not to give her jewelry because she hated everything he gave her. And he would buy her really expensive jewelry. And she it was nothing she would ever wear. She hated it. And then she would have it because it was expensive and I mean he would like buy her real jewels and stuff and it was a real quandary for her uh, and yet he would persist in buying her real jewelry in fact it was enough of a thing that um, she'd even asked me to talk to her husband about what kind of and point out to him what kind of jewelry she actually liked and she liked um you know costume why do we say costume jewelry like it's either jewelry or costume jewelry I guess it comes goes back to jewels but um she liked arty things, you know, um, funky stuff and, uh, you know, like big fun glass beads and that kind of thing. She did not like real jewels. So anyway, um, having someone who will, uh, buy you jewelry that fits your taste with which to be deck yourself. I don't know. It was, a, uh, it was definitely the way to my heart. Now you all. So yeah, I've always loved these earrings. And and it's funny because they are, again, earrings that people don't comment on. You know, you have all that stuff that 
you know, like either people, it catches people's attention or it doesn't, or maybe it does, but they never say anything about it. People never comment on these earrings and yet I love them. They spark fucking joy. I'll tell you that. So today let's talk about language. Let's have a little language lesson. Uh, I should back up by saying thank you all for buying Sorceress Queen and the Pirate Rogue. Uh, sales were great yesterday. Um, I did not look at my ranking because rankings are weird and I guess I could have, but I don't think this particular series hasn't been hitting the bestseller flag. At least not that I noticed. I think David would have told me. We could look. See if it shows up. Yeah, see, I've still only got one rating on Amazon. I've got more on Goodreads. Yeah, sales rank is not fantastic. Oh, this is the paper. That's why. Paper sales rank is always way more sucky. Well, I'm in the top 100 of um, contemporary fantasy fiction. And actually, that segues nicely into today's uh, discussion. So one thing I've been meaning to mention for a while, I even had a sticky note. So here is Cushiel's Mercy, uh, which is the third book in the um, Cushiel's Legacy trilogy that I started reading. Yeah, Cushiel's Legacy and what did they call Fedra's trilogy? Eh, who knows? Maybe that's Cushiel's Legacy also. Who cares? Anyway, Cushiel's Mercy. I think it's funny that for these covers, and this is um, Grand Central. Were the first books Grand Central? No, the first books were Taurus. So isn't that interesting for those of you in the know? I mean, it's kind of unusual that you have your initial trilogy done by one publisher and the uh, subsequent trilogy done by another one because... Uh, Tor is part of Macmillan and um, Grand Central is, is not. So here's the original series and you can see an artistic difference uh, between the two. Yeah. Different feel, different look. Tor is definitely a more standard fantasy publisher. And um, you might have to look at the subsequent ones to see what the series title is because very often you know it used to be that they never put the series title on the on the books itself because they actually didn't and they wouldn't tell us the order back in the bad old days because nobody they didn't care if we read things in order i don't know was there a series title for these books Ugh, my my poor unread books kushiel's dart kushiel's chosen Cushiel's Avatar. Um, no series title for the initial three books. But then when they went on to the second trilogy with a different publisher, I didn't realize that before. I wonder why she went with a different publisher. Oh, so Cushiel's Legacy is what they're like here. Uh, for those of you on video, uh, they Cushiel's Legacy includes, at least here, uh, the initial three books too. So interesting. So anyway, 
Um, I think it's very interesting because the, the second trilogy, uh, the protagonist is Imriel, who is a man, but they put his love interest Sidoni on all three covers. I'm not going to dig out the other two because they're underneath the... And I don't want to knock everything out. So anyway, um, one thing I noticed on reading the Grand Central books is maybe Grand Central doesn't have such great copy editors. It was the third book, and it could be um, that they didn't have enough time to proof. But uh, <laughs> there were some some homonym errors. And homonym errors are the, the most difficult to weed out. And I know I bitch about them in self-published books, and, and here's me admitting that they crop up in traditionally published books too. But they still drive me crazy. And so this particular one was Yolk. <laughs> she used three different times Yolk, Y-O-L-K, as in the yolk of an egg, instead of Yolk, Y-O-K-E. So she had um, people laboring under the yoke of Carthage's oppression, <laughs> which quite an image, the yoke of oppression. Uh, sorry. I'm like actually spitting out foam in my amusement. I mean, I'm just imagining Carthage having this great big yoke uh, that people are laboring under. Uh, there were a couple others too, but I didn't note them down. And I went to see if it was an ebook transcription because, you know, a lot of these books, and these were like 2008, the, the second trilogy, that thereabouts. Um, and a lot of, at that point in time, publishers were not necessarily creating ebooks and they had to go back and do it retroactively. And so you'll notice a lot of books before about 2010, 2012 or so, um, it depended on the publisher when they started creating uh, digital versions of the books, they actually had to go back and like, in a lot of cases, they scanned them in and used OCR to create the digital version of the books because of course they were still typesetting because Traditional publishing is traditional. So I, I went and checked the paper copy and, and the error is on the paper copy too. So that's one of the things that happens is that especially if the author turns in the book very late, there's just not enough time to proofread it, especially thoroughly, especially when it is a doorstopper at... 653 pages. Um, yeah, so that was a fair amount of reading going through all six of those books. Each book probably counted as three, but um, one of my things for keeping track of books read is that I do not differentiate by length. Sometimes I wish I did because I, I would get a lot of credit for how much I've credit in my own personal scale, so you know it hardly matters. But um, I also give myself credit for books that I DNF. It's like everything that I attempt to read, even if I read um, short bits of things. And I count reading my own books because that's reading time. And I am currently reading Dark Wizard. So uh, the other thing about language is I saw the inevitable complaint 
on Sorceress Queen and the Pirate Rogue about um, modern language. And it was funny because I saw one person complain about it. Maybe most of you are used to me, but one person complained about so much modern language and how it kept um, jarring them out of the story, bringing them out of the story. And they also complained about uh, foul language. And you all are listening to the podcast, so you know that uh, I do not scruple in using the word fuck. And in, I, I even went and did a count just because I was curious. And in Sorceress Queen, uh, the word fuck or a derivation thereof is used 33 times. In Golden Griffin, it was 14 times. So, so yes, there is more. Um, and I blame Jack. I, I'm sorry. That's just, that's Jack. Uh, what, what can we do? Uh, he's a sailor. <laughs> he's a sailor. Um, but I suspect that this particular reader may have come from Dark Wizard, in which the word fuck does not appear once. Not at all. Uh, there's shit, but no fucks. No fucks were given. <laughs> Actually, a lot of fucks were given, but they were not um, enunciated. And there was a deliberate choice for that. I made some very deliberate choices with Dark Wizard to differentiate the world and to differentiate the mood. And for those of you who are reading both series, who are reading both Bonds of Magic and Heirs of Magic, and I will apologize for the nth time that uh, the series titles are so similar, but as we just discussed, nobody cares about series titles. Uh, the two series are very, very different in tone. They're very different in uh, percentage of romance. We were doing that panel for Flights of Foundry on romance in SFF, and I was going to say something about it, but we really did run out of time. Uh, somebody had brought up the point. I think um, Cassie, who writes as J.C. Hart, she, uh, she's been, she was my mentee before, and she gave me permission to reveal that information. And it was funny because she's, um, uh, she's Maori from New Zealand, and she pronounces her name... I, I can't even do it quite right. It's, she says it like Kessie, Kissy, with her Kiwi accent. And I, I said, you know, I feel really bad because I feel like I'm saying your name wrong because I say it with my Western U.S. drawl. I say it Cassie. And, she's, and she says it Kissy. And, and she said, no, you're fine. <laughs> she says more people say it like you do than like I do, and it's fine. But um, I felt like I said Cassie in the panel, and I don't know, maybe it was me, but I felt like people gave me funny looks like I pronounced it wrong. I wanted to say, see, it comes back to the same thing. It's like, I really am friends with her. It's really okay. Anyway, uh, she writes as J.C. Hart, charming person, lovely writer. And she, what was I going to say about this? Oh, give me a moment. It was the, uh, I got all distracted thinking about her. Um, she made the point that no matter what, they were asking us like percentage of world building versus romance and so forth. And she said, no matter what percentage you do, you, there are readers for what you, what you do. And I think that's very true. And with these two series, I did make a deliberate choice to have a different balance. Uh, for the Heirs of Magic series, the 
the romance is more pronounced. It's um, more pervasive and it's, I don't know, lighter hearted, friskier, uh, dark wizard. The stakes are a lot higher in that world. And yes, I made some deliberate choices about, um, I've been trying to decide whether or not to point this out until anybody mentions it. You know what? I'm just going to say it. Um, in, in the dark wizard world, there, there is no religion. There's no reference to any kinds of gods or mythology. And did I tell you guys this before? I know I touched on it and then I was like, no, but I'm not going to say, um, and the reason for that is because they worship something else. Now you guys can guess what it is. Uh, the astute reader will pick it out immediately. So anyway, I just think it's funny when people, all of my author friends will get irate letters and reviews, emails and reviews uh, for the use of foul language. And it's like, who who are these foul language police people? I just don't even, you know, it's, it's sort of like, um, if reading the word fuck, and, and we could count how many times I've used it in this very podcast, uh, is like the most offensive, terrible thing to happen in your life on a given day, then you've got a pretty fucking great life. <laughs> it's like just saying uh, that you have to pick on something like that. But but the thing about modern language and fantasy, and and longtime listeners will have heard me discuss this before, but I'm I'm just to the point where I I don't care about this thing anymore, and I'm very careful not to use technological metaphors, uh, and it's not always easy, you know, like um, because a lot of it has pervaded our language, but you know nothing of electricity, nothing of computing. I did notice like one mistake in Sorceress Queen is I used the word steal as in steeled herself. And I do try to avoid steel because steel is a very particular process and it is a mark of industrialization and you know, steeled her spine, spine of steel. I, I do those creep in and I do try not to use those, but for other kinds of language where the words go back a long time, you know, it's this idea that fantasy language should be somehow this stilted faux regency, these and thous, Tolkien-esque. Um, I just, I don't buy it. And, you know, people complain, well, it, brought them out of the story and it's like, well, did it, or was it your analytical brain noting it? Because if you are also a writer, then your analytical author brain is always working. We just can't help it. And mine is always noting things that they did do or didn't do. Um, you know, people will complain, readers will complain that single word they don't know yanks them out of the story. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that whole being yanked out of the story concept. Um, I'd be interested. Some of you who are uh, not writers, who are purely readers, I would be interested in your perspective on that. 
uh, I, I'm not sure I buy the yanked me out of the story thing. Um, I noticed it. I noticed it and thought it was wrong. You know, that I buy. But, um, you know, it's funny, like, that that metaphor, whether or not you buy this, I buy this, um, I would use that in Dark Wizard because it's a world that's very much based on commerce. I would not use it in Heirs of Magic, even though I use more supposedly modern language in Heirs of Magic because it's that's not a, a world built on commerce and on relative value. So, so that's my thought process. Um, I don't claim to be perfect or the authority, but I can assure you that except for the occasional spine of steel that leaks in there, um, all of the language that I use is absolutely fucking on purpose. Um, there are reasons for why I do the things I do. And I think some people will assume that it's carelessness because the, the fantasy, I'm trying to think of, you know, gatekeepers, the fantasy gatekeepers who think it should all be Tolkien-esque, um, will say that anyone who doesn't write it that way is an amateur or somehow flawed or not paying attention or, however not up to snuff but you know that's the thing about being a writer is you get to write your own stories you get to write it the way you want to write it and sure this reader is absolutely entitled to her opinion i absolutely have no quibble with that uh you know if you don't like modern language in your fantasy yeah okay um you might examine what you think modern language is because you know, we're still talking about alternate worlds where nobody's writing in uh, 21st century English anyway. <laughs> oh, but you know, never mind. No one's speaking, I guess I should say. It's, um, you know, it's all a construct construction. Um, so, so that's my rant for today. I feel like, you know, like historical, you you have to stick with the language of the time. But I feel like fantasy is the only genre where people have this conversation about whether or not the made-up world has a constructed representative language that somehow makes them think that it's not modern. I just, I don't even know. And, and actually, I don't care. I, I may have spent an entire podcast talking about it, but I actually don't care. So there we are. Um, and I've gone on long. So I'll remind you that First Cup of Coffee is brought to you by the Frolic Media Podcast Network. And you will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. Chris Hemsworth for the win. You all take care. Bye-bye.